Sorry, it was me. It was muted on entry. How are you? Good. Thanks for doing this with me today. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I liked your questions and this is, um, yeah, I'm excited. I haven't talked this openly about my, my mental health, so I'm excited. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I guess as a teenager, I was kind of always a, a pessimist. <laughs> um, it was easy for me to get sad and depressed. Um, and then I changed some life circumstances and got a hold of my mental health and, and found a lot of joy and happiness. Um, depression didn't really come back at all until I had my third baby. After I had my third baby, I kind of call it the perfect storm where I moved across the country. I didn't have a support system. I didn't have any friends or anything like that. Um, my husband started a new career that was really demanding. And then we also opened up a gym, which we were really ambitious, overly ambitious. Um, but my hormones were all over the place in conjunction with all of that. And after, after having her, it just, things kind of sunk for me. I got really depressed. Um, I had suicidal thoughts and I, I just, I was functioning barely every day. I had my kids to take care of every day, but I was, I was a mess. I cried a lot. I didn't have any motivation. Um, I just thought the world would actually be better without me is what it came down to. Um, when I shared those thoughts with my husband, he was really surprised um, he has never dealt with depression and nobody in his family dealt with depression. So it was all really new to him. And he encouraged me to go see a counselor. He's like, I have no idea what to do or what to tell you. <laughs> you should go see somebody who can help. And, and so I did, I, I went and saw a counselor and she started validating my thoughts and teaching me tools that, um, would help me with depression and to fight that. Um, most of all, she taught me that my mind was a muscle and just like I could exercise my body and get fit. Um, I could also do that same thing with my mind. I thought that, you know, genetically I was predetermined to just be sad all the time and it was something that I couldn't change. But, um, my counselor, Joan told me that I, I could, and that was like this big aha moment for me where I was like, wait, I can you know, I can get in shape and run a half marathon. I can also take charge of my mental health. I'm not doomed to be sad all the time. I, I can do this.
Yeah, so that's a great question. And that's actually, my kids are the reason why I prioritized my mental health. They needed me. And I knew that the level that I was functioning at wasn't long-term. Like I could, I could keep continuing that. Um, we were, I was just doing the bare minimum and they needed me at my best. They deserved, they deserved um, a good mom and they, they deserved me. And, and so I got help. Like I said, my husband encouraged me to get that help. And so I would go to counseling weekly. And then I had, you know, my journaling every day and the different tasks that I did every day. And that was my me time. That was my self care during that time where I was like, okay, guys, like I need, whether I put on a movie for them or they played with friends or whatever they did, that was that was time that I spent on me so that I could become a better mom for them. Um, as I, as I thought about their lives without me, that's what motivated me to, to change because let's see, how am I trying to, this, I get so emotional when I think about this because when I thought about my kids, what their lives would be like, if I followed through with suicide, it made me so sad because I knew I was in a dark place and I knew that I wasn't happy and I wasn't sad and I knew I wasn't the mom that I needed to be at that time. But I also knew that nobody else was going to love my kids the way that I could love them and the way that I love them. And so that thought alone was what kept me from following through with my suicidal thoughts. My kids are the motivator to not only get healthy, but to also stay alive. I knew that they needed me and they deserved me. And um, even with all of my deep, dark thoughts, I, I couldn't get past the love that I had for them and how much they deserve that in their life. They deserve to be loved like that.
think that's my biggest takeaway the past six years. So it's been six years since I um, went through this postpartum depression. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that I've learned is that self-care isn't selfish, that I take care of me so that I have more of me to give. And whether you're a mom or a friend or a sister or a daughter, it doesn't matter if you put more into yourself, then you'll have more to give out. Yeah, I'm, I love Get Out There Girl too. So here's how it started. So after my third baby and my experience that I just walked you through with that, I was surprised pregnant with number four. Um, I knew I wanted to have another baby, but he came much sooner than I, I was expecting. And I was terrified to get depressed again. I had just pulled out of it and I really didn't want to go back there. And so for the first two months of my pregnancy with him, I cried. I cried a lot. And it because I was so scared. It wasn't because I didn't want him or I didn't love him. It was just because I was so scared of getting depressed. Um, but I kept using all of my tools that my counselor had taught me and everything. And three weeks after he was born, we decided to take a spontaneous trip to Moab. Um, he was tiny, like so tiny, three weeks old. Um, but we went and while we were driving, I had this experience that changed my life forever. I, it's still so vivid in my mind. Um, while we were driving, I had this experience where God literally told me that I had one life and I needed to live it, that I needed to go out and play. And it was very specific like that. And I love the outdoors. I love going on hikes. I love adventuring. And so that moment was just like this impact where I was like, I need to go out and do things that I love that make me feel alive. And so from that moment on, I put myself back on the priority list and I started doing things that made me happy and that made me feel alive. And um, I started inviting friends on those adventures and those hikes and then they invited their friends and then they invited their friends and then I had strangers coming with me. Um, and so I always knew what adventure and getting outside did for my mental health, but then I watched it happen to dozens of other women. And I was like, wait, I think I have something here. It's, it's not just me. This, this works for a lot of people. There's, there's a recipe here. And so after a year of doing that and, and seeing it happen over and over again, I made it official and created Get Out There Girl. Um, and so Get Out There Girl has a threefold mission. It's to empower women through adventure, self-compassion, and making connections. Those are the three things that I think women need to thrive. Um, so our goal is to help women rediscover their worth while adventuring out in nature. And we do a workshop on each retreat, some type of self-education, whether that's on resilience or self-compassion, or um, we just did a retreat and the workshop was mind-body bridging, which was fascinating. Um, so there's all of these different educational things that we can learn about our mental health while we're on this retreat. And then women just come alive. They make connections with a dozen other women and they go home better than they came. And it's, it's magic for me to watch. I, I love coming home from each retreat and just witnessing the changes that happen in all of these women. Well, mostly because I experienced it myself. I knew what worked for me. Um, but as I studied, I realized why those work so well. Um, 
both um, adventure and self-compassion have been proven to relieve stress, anxiety, and depression. Um, moving your body creates endorphins and serotonin, which help increase your happiness. And then studies of, I've been researching fresh air lately, and they've shown that fresh air, the oxygen combined with the smells, they actually increase your energy. And then on top of all that, you get vitamin D, which helps your mood too, right? So um, studies have shown it, but then for me personally, it's easy for me to get more depressed when I'm inside, when I'm isolated, and I just kind of let my mind run away with myself um, into a negative place. But when I go outside, I can control my negativity better. I take more deep breaths. Um, I'm more mindful and aware. I'm able to see the good in the world by witnessing, you know, how beautiful the earth is. And I also put my problems into perspective. I connect with other people. I hear their stories. I see their struggles. And then I'm, I can focus on our shared humanity, how we all go through hard things and we all struggle. It's not just me. I'm not really isolated. That was just a mindset that I had. Um, and so combining all of those things make it, make it work for me. Uh, also, the adventure side of it, um, a little bit of adrenaline goes a long way. <laughs> There's um, a term that some people call flow, and flow in this sense refers to finding the sweet spot of going just outside your comfort zone, but not going into fight or flight mode. And so this flow or sweet spot creates an amazing feeling of empowerment. So women come on these repelling trips with me, and they get to experience that flow. They come alive, and it's one of my favorite things to watch. They do something just outside of their comfort zone where they're like, oh, my gosh, am I really doing this? Okay. I feel good. Let's go. Let's do this. And then they repel off a cliff, and it's, it's this amazing experience. It also forces you to focus on the present and live in the moment, which is great practice for everyday life because you can't be thinking about your to-do list or you can't be thinking and what, what a terrible person you are um, while you're repelling off a cliff. You've got, to, you've got to focus and you're just in the moment and it's, it's adrenaline filling and it's happy, like serotonin and endorphins, everything's firing and um, you've got other women who are encouraging you along the way. It's, it's really just magic. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I found that women want to be there and they want to make connections. They want new friendships. And so that just makes it even better because then you have, you know, a dozen women coming together who want to be there. They want to be your friend. They want to hear your story and they're willing to be vulnerable with theirs. And so it just makes the connections genuine and sincere. And then people go home with a dozen new friends that they stay in touch with and they connected with on a deep level. Well, vulnerability actually came naturally as I shared my story. Um, I hate the negative stigma around mental health disorders and I never want anybody to feel as alone as I did. And so I started sharing my experience. I was very open with it and I, I didn't try to hide anything. And I noticed that as I shared, then other women were um, more open and vulnerable with me. Um, just takes a slight opening of the door for, for somebody who's looking for it and longing for it to grasp a hold of it and, and take it. And that's what I found. I found women want to be vulnerable. Women want to be real and they don't want to hide and um, they want to share all of their story, the good and the bad. And if you give them that, that opportunity by sharing your good and your bad, then they're more willing, they feel safe and they're able to open up too. But, um, I actually created a blog series called Share My Story, where every Monday I share a different woman's story where she blogs about her experience um, of overcoming or healing from something that she's been struggling with, with one of the three, the three pillars of Get Out There Girl. So adventure, self-compassion, or making connections. She shares how she's battling or she's struggling with something and how she's overcoming it with with one of those th three things. And um, one of my favorite parts of that is to read the comments on the blog from other women who read it and say something like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that's something that you struggle with. I do too. We should get together and talk or I'm going to message you. Or, I've had women tell me, hey, I've I made a new friend today because I shared my story on your blog or different things like that, that it it makes my heart really happy and it, it's just an avenue I think for women to share and, and it needs, we need to share. We need to be real with our stories and stop hiding because there are so many people out there who need, who need us and who need to hear our stories in order to share their own. Oh gosh, self-compassion has been such a life changer for me. It's freed me from shame, shame that I'm not a valuable person, shame that I'm not a good mother or a good wife, shame that other people are better than I am. Um, self-compassion has given me the permission to set high goals and then become the best version of me. I've always been so critical of myself. Um, I always looked for ways to, that I fell short. Um, I always found something to be hard on myself for. I was always striving for for perfection 
And of course, I'm human. I couldn't reach it. And so I always found, found the ways to pick myself apart and focus on those. Um, but now that I use self-compassion, it's opened up a new sense of self that I'm at peace with my humanity. I'm at peace that I'm a human and I'm not capable of perfection. I can now see my strengths and celebrate them. And I can also see my weaknesses and not get depressed about them. They don't sink me. They are what they are. I'm a terrible singer, and that's just how it is. That's okay. <laughs> um, I'm human, and I choose to celebrate that. And I, I feel that I'm a better wife and a mom, a friend, and just all-around person because I practice self-compassion. I found that people who are hard on others are usually even harder on themselves. So as I've given myself permission to be more compassionate, um, to myself, I've also gained or grown in compassion towards others. I see their humanity as well as my own, and I don't hold other people to an impossible standard either. I think part of it for me too was just loving where I was regard like I didn't have to reach a certain point in order to love myself I could love myself where I was however I was and it's actually self-compassion. They've done studies how motivating self-compassion is because it's the right kind of motivating. It motiv you're motivated because you love yourself, not because you need to reach a certain level of perfection or you need to um, please somebody else or you know all these other different reasons to motivate yourself. You're motivated because you really want to do something and, and you're, you're compassionate along the way. If you mess up you know, on your way to your goal, you don't throw in the towel and say, oh my gosh, I'm such a terrible person. I can't do this. Why did I ever set this high goal? I should have known better. Instead, you say, okay, that's a little setback. I you know, had a really rough week. That's why I didn't um, reach my goals this week, but that's okay. I'm going to realign. I'm going to assess, and then I'm going to go for it again. And it's just the perfect motivator to know that you can be kind to yourself all along the way.
Oh, every day, <laughs> every day I work on it. Every day I, um, I do something, whether that's journaling or just practicing some mindfulness for a few moments. Uh, I love reading books and listening to podcasts like yours. Um, there's so many things out there to help us. Uh, there's really endless resources, reading articles online or um, there's even, I love, there's some Netflix documentaries that are pretty great. There's just so much out there that um, I try to do something every day to just focus on my value as a person. That's one of my core issues is that I, um, I've seen myself as unlovable and not worth it. And so if I can spend a few minutes doing some affirmations to remind myself that I am worth it and that I am valuable and, and lovable, then um, that kind of sets the tone for the day. If I have something that comes up where, you know, some negativity takes hold, maybe it's some body image things, uh, then I'm able to identify it and stop myself and then remind myself, you know, how amazing my body is and how much it lets me experience and different things. And I'm able to shift my mindset and, um, and just kind of get, make sure that I don't sink into a dark place again. And yeah, so every day, every day is something that I need to do. It's, it's, you're right. There's no finish line. Um, actually in my self-compassion book, my workbook that I have, I, um, I just say that it's starting you on your journey. You don't get a medal for finishing. You're not going to finish the 15 days and just be like, you know, I'm so compassionate now. I, I've got it down. Yeah. It's, it's not, it doesn't work like that. It's, it's my workbook is just something to, to begin you on your journey, to teach you the tools and to get you started so that then you can practice it. I mean, I've been practicing self-compassion for the last six years and I'm still not a pro at it. There are still times where even my husband will be like, Brittany, practice what you preach. <laughs> like, Oh, okay. We all need that. We all need people in our lives that can point that out to us and be like, hey, you, need, you know. I love it.
I still go to counseling regularly too. Um, I still work through, I'm currently I'm doing some EMDR, uh, just some emotional processing of some traumatic events that have happened in my life. Um, my counselor, she helps me know where a lot of resources are. So I guess I should preface all of those resources are out there, but I also have somebody helping me find them and, you know, giving me book titles and, and avenues to find all of these resources. That's a very Co. Thank you, Sadie. I love what you are doing and I look up to you so much being a young adult and being brave the way that you are. You are amazing. And, and I thank you for it. Yep, you're welcome. Thank you. That's awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Sadie. Hey, if, um, I would love to send you my workbook. If you want to text me your address, I'll I'll mail. Um, I actually just thought of this. So I've had requests for a teen workbook, um, but I am not a teen anymore. And my stories in the book are my like mom stories, I guess, mostly. Um, but I would love if you were interested in helping me get some stories from teen from teens. Um, so as you read the workbook and go through it, if you have ideas of, of your own stories or if you know somebody else's story that kind of would be a teenage version of the story that I tell, I would love, love, love your help. Okay. That would be so great. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye.